This SmackDown podcast is brought to you in part by Bootios. They make sure you ain't booty. The show opens up with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles having a spat. Their problem stems from Paul Heyman making a surprise appearance. Paul Heyman comes to the ring to confront AJ Styles about his match Sunday with the reigning, defending, undisputed, universal heavyweight champion, the champion of champions, Brock Lesnar. Now, before we continue, let's just uh, fast forward through the show. We know exactly what happened at this point. If you don't know what happened, then uh, you should tune into this week in WWE on Friday, streaming live on the WWE Network. But I think it was an epic foreshadow of events to come this Sunday at Survivor Series. I think that this WWE World Heavyweight Championship run of 371 days uh, was really to solidify AJ Styles as a WWE World Heavyweight Champion, a champion caliber uh, superstar, whether he has the championship belt or not. I think that 371 days uh, though some might assume or might feel as if it has taken the title down, has made the title uh, a little more lackluster. I personally think it's done exactly what it was supposed to do with elevating a superstar uh, to the levels of complete and, you know, just, just, just complete respect from the WWE universe. I think that Paul Heyman coming out and stirring the pot was something to get the SmackDown Live uh, team a little frazzled, flustered before their match on Sunday. And Daniel Bryan has uh, been a little more aggressive each week regarding his run at the WWE Championship. We can date back to even seeing him speak about not necessarily wanting to reform Team Hell No. <laughs> you know, when he first first got back, he wasn't completely thrust into the title picture. But at the same time, he definitely was, uh, uh, let's just say, put into a position to where he could show that he would eventually be good enough to be in the title picture. If we look at the chronology through that, we've seen him, well, since Team Hell No and the breakup or whatever, so have you. Just call it what you want. We've seen Daniel Bryan talk about being a little more hungry toward getting the championship title back. And he was going to start doing whatever it took 
we we can even remember the Miz saying that Daniel Bryan was too uh, too high strong on his uh, mental high horse. He didn't want to do what it took to win. He wanted to do things fair and square. We could see Daniel Bryan attempting to remain as calm as possible, but you know, dating back to even uh, SmackDown 1000 and going into the uh, what is it, the Crown Jewel event beforehand on SmackDown, he was. You could see he was he was messing up in his tag matches with AJ. AJ was messing up with the tag matches with him. They were attempting to show each other the proper respects, but at the end, two men vying for the same championship belt. There's only going to be one man that's going to come out on top. Now, with AJ uh, attempting to solidify himself more so uh, compared to Daniel Bryan attempting to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, we need to see what... uh, what energy is the championship attracted to the most in the moment? And what would be best for business? In storyline, you have to see the championships as I see them. I see them as complete entities in and of themselves. The championship holder is now uh, the host to the spirit. This is what it looks like. And you can even see it if you're looking at the characters each week. From that standpoint. So. I'm looking at Daniel Bryan. Flipping Shane McMahon over his head. Just last week. I'm looking at Daniel Bryan. You know a couple of weeks back. Telling AJ that he literally wanted to punch him in the face on purpose. You know. And we could see AJ. uh, In his. uh, You know. True champion form. Over. Well, closer to a year at that point, proving and showing that he's been the champion for a reason. So he's not going to back down at all. Back to the ring tonight, we can see uh, Daniel Bryan finally coming to a head after Paul Hammond and AJ had their quick conversation about him and that was a whole nother thing in itself because Paul Heyman is, you know, again, as I said, he has his way of trying to get into or underneath someone's skin. He's telling Daniel Bryan that he's not the best, telling him that he shouldn't look at himself as a consolation prize, although, you know, he's only second best and Brock Lesnar would love to fight AJ again, you know, but let's, Face it, there's no chance that he could take on Daniel Bryan, epic foreshadow, but it was really a well put together segment all in all. Daniel Bryan came out angrily and told AJ to keep his name out of his mouth, but it looked like he was uh, moving a little too fast for himself because AJ let him know. It wasn't me, it was Paul that brought you up. Now, my last bit on this, I think AJ, again, solidifying himself as champion, was a little bit of his ego when he told, uh, you know, you don't have to share that you tapped him out. You know, he reminded Paul that he tapped him out, but 
you know, to ask the hypothetical question of, hey, you know, we're in the airport. This is random. Hey, uh, AJ Styles, WWE champion. Did you, uh, of all your, of all the people you've taken on and defended your championship against, who would be one of the best? Oh, well, I'll tell you, I think that Daniel Bryan is one of the best and one of the biggest challenges I've ever had, but I tapped him out. That isn't necessarily a way I would want someone speaking about me that quote-unquote highly respects me. You know, yeah, he took me to my limit, but I tapped him out. Uh, you know, you can be champion all you like. I think we should all practice the levels of humility, or at least attempt to, not to lower one's value or anything like that, but, you know, I submitted that man. I'm better than that man. I mean... The championship should be able to say that for you. Or was that your vessel? <laughs> Again, if we're looking at it from that space. But, you know, that hypothetical question that AJ asked Daniel, you know, uh, did Daniel just completely punching him in the face? This is Daniel Bryan's thing. He's been getting a little hot for weeks now about it. And it literally evolved into a pull-apart brawl which led all the way to the backstage area. It was a very, very chaotic scene in the ring and also backstage. We luckily had Shane McMahon attempting to be the coolest head, and he had to turn up beyond uh, levels we've even seen him go to in uh, some recent shows only to protect the match. You could see Shane sharing with Daniel Bryan. Okay, look, I understand your frustration, but... We have a giant match on Sunday at Survivor Series, streaming live on the WWE Network. This is our WWE Champion, one of the longer reigning ones now, so won't you show some respect and honor the match that's going to take place on Sunday as opposed to trying to bring harm to who needs to be in that match. That, that, is what, that was what I read. That's what makes sense to me. And Daniel Bryan felt disrespected and didn't care about that. And before we could really see where else Daniel Bryan could go in making his point in barges AJ Styles. Because, again, he is a champion that doesn't, he felt disrespected. So now these men need to get their uh, grievances off. Get their aggression toward each other uh, settled. And because Shane McMahon is uh, so well-visioned, he said, you want to put the title on the line? Then let's do it tonight. Go ahead, see who the better man is. There's your main event for SmackDown Live. How exciting. So we get Jeff Hardy versus Andrade, seeing Almas with La Muñeca, uh, just to have a match. You know, it was a very cool match where Andrade was attempting to uh, make up for his loss last week against Rey Mysterio, which qualified him. I assume that Andrade was attempting to maybe still qualify for an open spot. You know, we were going to see, you know, but it was a very cool match between uh, Jeff and Andrade. It was a back and forth where they were both attempting to get the upper hand. Andrade came out quick and strong, and Jeff was able to uh, maintain his flow of offense. It wasn't uh, too crazy, but you could see that Jeff eventually got the upper hand. He could, he took the onslaught, 
and was able to reverse the Hammerlock DDT finisher into a twist of fate, Jeff style, or Brother Nero style, if you will, into a Swanton bomb, which did not effectively delete Andrade Cien Almas. He is still very, very high on my personal list of very, very talented superstars. But he definitely did pick up a victory over him, which in defeat, again, Andrade Cien Almas is next. In my personal opinion, I would like to see him get his promo skills up or uh, let's, let's get Zelina Vega in there to talk for him a little bit more. She's like a she has a Heyman-esque energy to her, and she can also go, but we're still waiting to pull the trigger on it, so no rush. We'll just see how fast it all takes place. It's going to be uh, very interesting to see when his time uh, arrives. Go backstage, and we find out that Daniel Bryan is no longer a captain of the team, let alone even on the team because of his uh, outbursts for the past couple of weeks now on SmackDown Live. And that makes Miz the sole captain of the SmackDown men's team going in. Now, remember, Raw is up 2-0. This 32nd annual Survivor Series, we could go for three if we're on the Raw side of things. Raw side has their team put together. Uh, it, I don't I don't think I want to do a, the predictions video. I'd rather do a discussion about it. Uh, we'll get to that in time. But Raw has their team together. And Team SmackDown just lost a member. You know, Shane is there. Of course, the best in the world. But against Raw's best and a monster, it's going to be uh, something else. It's going to be rather difficult to pull a victory out from just what the you know, what the stage is set as thus far. Miz uh, learning that he's the captain and Daniel Bryan is no longer on the team, chooses Jeff Hardy since he's just very impressive against Andrade and we would need a team player, but he also decides to not have uh, the, well, the Ray, Ray Mysterio on the team, so we have to figure out who's going to be. But hold on, because... Our general manager, Paige, the mother hen running around, she says if you want him off the team, you have to beat him in a match. And it's next. They have their match. You know, from what I've seen with Ray and the Miz for the past couple of weeks, since his return, uh, since what you call, what would we call it, uh, the World Cup tournament, it's been a fair back and forth between the two. This time around, we saw the Miz get a couple of knees up during Ray's high spots, even after a 619. So, the Miz is little by little realizing the game that Ray is playing. He might need to change it up a little bit. You know, the Miz is not the same Miz as he was before, in my opinion. I think he's uh, leagues better and nowhere near a coward. But we have to continue to watch and see how he shares with us uh, who he is. With that, speaking of the men's, the Marine 6 is in stores and also uh, sponsors this most recent segment of the uh, broadcast in the shadows. So thank you, Miz. You guys need to go and find the Marine 6. I'm looking at it right now. and Well, not right now. I'm looking at the case. I went out and got it this morning. It has uh, 
changed my perspective on everything. It's a little difficult to see Becky, only because we know what's going on, but it's good to see her in such a badass energy. Let's continue, though. Rey Mysterio uh, gets the victory on Miz, even though the Miz got the knees up a couple of times. He, uh, the Miz was so shocked that he didn't pin Rey at that time that Rey was able to get a crucifix pin in and one, two, three. That was awesome. And, uh, again, Rey's still on the team, so I believe the stage is set as far as a SmackDown men's team goes. We've got Samoa Joe, we've got Rey Mysterio, Shane, uh, The Miz, and Jeff Hardy. Yes. So, we're going to see how they fare against uh, Team Raw, which is Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, uh, The Monster Among Men, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, and Finn Balor. It's going to be very, very interesting. I just, you know, 10 combustible elements, very, very strong characters on the show right now. And... We'll just see what, what takes place in that match. I think now everybody has their head together more so on the SmackDown team. Or at least Ken and again getting their head together since they all have to work together. But it's looking... It could be a raw night if we're looking at it again. Let's see what happens, though. Speaking of that match that we're going to have on Sunday, I think it was very classy that we had the women... Uh, because, you know, it is a year for the women's revolution with Evolution, but we just came off the heels of that back at the end of October, and we've gotten a lot of firsts for the women this year, so it was very nice that we were able to have the women uh, go and invade Raw, well, the women of SmackDown go and invade Raw. It was a thing of beauty. It was very nice to see what happened last year when SmackDown invaded Raw, and then Raw came through and completely decimated SmackDown, you know, but uh, this year, looking at everything and how it's gone with the women invading, I don't think that uh, Raw, Raw's women's division is going to have the gall to come through and invade. We'll see if they do, but I don't think it's going to take place. I think Raw is going to save all of that aggression and energy for Survivor Series this Sunday, streaming live on the WWE Network. And with all of that, we are at a part of SmackDown where, you know, there's even padded security. You know, like we can't have anybody. They're not taking any chances on it. So it doesn't look as if uh, the Raw Superstars are going to try to invade. Now, unless we're going to, like, literally... Uh, delve into other other things, but I don't think it's going to happen because it's an entire night that they have to go through. Regardless of that, we're met with uh, Becky Lynch preparing to come out from backstage and uh, grace the audience with her presence and, uh, you know, share with us who she handpicks to take on Ronda Rousey in her place because of her uh, untimely injury. You know, it's very serious, and we hope that Becky uh, has the speediest of recoveries because, you know, this is a this has been her time. She's had some of the best uh, weeks on WWE, and right now I would even argue that she is the superstar to look at. Like, she is uh, definitely top two 
as far as popularity in the moment goes and we know this goes around this is I remember the days when the New Day was the reason why everyone was watching WWE. It's the reason why I was around. I respect the New Day a great deal. You know, they even have a, a six-man tag coming up. And we're going to figure out who's going to also be on the tag team Survivor Series team <laughs> for that 20-man match, which is going to be utterly hilarious, and I can't wait for it. But let's find out who Becky handpicks to take on Ronda Rousey this Sunday at Survivor Series. Rebecca apologized to everyone for not being able to finish what she started and I speak on behalf of my constellation in the WWE universe and saying it is quite all right Becky Lynch you are an awesome champion and hopefully we get to see you back as quickly as possible I know I've said this a number of times throughout the podcast but it is uh very important that we share that she came to the ring and you know told us that she would be unable to fight and it sucks that she's not going to be able to fight because this was one of the more so looked at matches. Uh, in storyline, Becky Lynch has came up and not to take away from any other of the women on this, any uh, on the women's roster, but she's you see what happens when that energy from the championship uh, possesses. Now all of a sudden, she's the man. Now, all of a sudden, she's leading the charge to go over to Raw. She took her battle scars, her wounds from war, but just look at her. You know, we can see that she, uh, you know, her, her shiner has every color of the rainbow on it. So, no, I wouldn't want to see her go in there and take on Ronda Rousey either. Or Rowdy Ronda Rousey, should I say. Regardless of that, I know that Becky thinks that she can still beat her. Uh, let's get you to 100%, Becky, and we'll see if we can pull the trigger on that again. There are rumors running around, rumblings uh, coming from the, uh, the old mailbox talking about that now Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch is or could potentially be our main event for WrestleMania. I would be highly excited to see it. We were all hearing about Charlotte going at it, but uh, we know that Charlotte still needs to get her head correct. You know, currently where we're at with the show. We'll see what takes place, and we'll see if Becky chooses her. I personally would have rather her pick Sonya Deville. We'll have her pick Sonya Deville, but nah, this is that's just me and uh, half of my bias. We all know Oscar would be an awesome selection also, but again, this is something that we'll just have to wait and see eventually one day. It's not going to be a problem for me to wait because I like to see all of the women get opportunity to develop and share and convey their character to us in the WWE universe whenever they get the chance to on WWE television. So, let's go see uh, Becky make her pick and I'll come back with my feels on it. So like we already know, Becky chose Charlotte. 
and uh you know Charlotte is officially going to face off against Ronda Rousey excuse me Rowdy Ronda Rousey uh on Survivor Series streaming or on Sunday streaming live on the WWE network I think that it was uh quite impassioned it was heartfelt you know if you're watching from a storyline perspective and seeing how it's all gotten to this point then you see you see how deep it all is I'll share uh, uh, an idea that I had about it you know finally Becky was able to see what it was like in Charlotte's shoes uh, just a little bit it's but I mean uh, of course it's Becky's uh, individual experience but if we look back at this point to some of the times like right after or right before the split happened at uh, the pay-per-view Becky was very mad that Charlotte was being thrust into matches. Becky was very mad that Charlotte was just coming around and asking for the opportunities and quote-unquote being handed the opportunities when she's been, you know, attempting to prove that she is, she should be one of the selections, one of the number one picks as opposed to just always going with Charlotte. She's a star. She wanted to prove it. So why do the why do you know the the authorities backstage go to Charlotte constantly? That was her thing, and she went on a complete campaign in attempting to show us that she is the man, as opposed to you know the queen being always gifted opportunity. It's funny how it all came full circle because now. By no fault of anyone, uh, Becky can't compete on Sunday at Survivor Series. And who did she have to go to? That's right. She had to go to Charlotte and ask her to perform at a champion's level. This is exactly what backstage has done. The, the brass backstage, the authorities, the, the higher-ups, however we're going to call it, They've all gone to Charlotte and asked her to perform in a championships or in a championship match in the champion's position. Now Becky can't go, and she handpicked Charlotte. I think it was a well, and then you know she told her exactly what she wanted her to do. Charlotte uh, has been going through her own, uh, you know, personal bout with how she feels about herself in the past couple of weeks and now she has no choice but to be the best and show us why she is the best because she has to go in there against Ronda Rousey in the name of her uh, her partner you know her 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 rival you know but also let's just call it what it is or a best friend or whatever we whatever else you can think of and Becky Lynch so Becky doing the handshake and the hug it was very deep I think Re- Becky realized in that moment you know like what what it all meant and I think like that's the way I'm looking at it I think it would be so much cooler to look at it like that and it actually gives the emotion that the WWE product is so, so capable of conveying regularly. You just have to slow down and look for it. Everything came full circle. Becky realized uh, 
what she was mad at. And yes, she still she walked out with the championship. She hasn't relinquished it. Uh, so we're gonna find out in coming weeks what takes place. But she had to go to Charlotte just like she was mad about everyone else going to Charlotte. <laughs> you know, so now she's realized and hopefully there's a very uh, healthy uh, respect replenished there between the two. I really enjoyed that segment. It was very, very heartfelt. So the six-man tag between the New Day and the Big Show and the bar uh, was very good. Started out with some awesome offense from the New Day showing uh, just how skilled they were. It's quite a hilarious story uh, that was told in the ring uh, between the six of them. They had Woods in the ring mainly. He uh, was attempting to get to his ropes, but you know, wisely by the bar and the big show. They were keeping him in the ring. They were fresh tagging. It was all the elements of a good tag team match that came into play. They were... Uh, hoping to keep him in as long as possible and sneak a victory in. Then happened, Woods found uh, some wherewithal, uh, started reversing a couple of moves, even uh, went for a forearm against the Big Show, I think, while he was on the apron waiting. Uh, was able to tag in Kofi, a couple spots tag. It was just a lot of craziness with the, with the six of them. And the end result of the match was uh, Kofi jumping off of the top ropes and getting literally uh, punched in the face by the Big Show, which was able to lead to the one, two, three. And, you know, Big Show again proves uh, why he is who he is. And he's looking rather dominant along with the tag team champions on SmackDown. And uh, it's going to be uh, real, real, real interesting to see what takes place between uh the six characters in the tag team champions, AOP and the big show in the bar, along with Drake Maverick, you know, lurking in the background. So it's going to be, it's something, you know, we, I don't really know which direction that's going to go in. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be something else. I'll get into a discussion about this another time, but we see the stages set between them, so we'll see what happens this Sunday at Survivor Series. Stream it live on the WWE Network. Felt a little put together at the last second, but the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, or pardon me, the SmackDown Tag Team uh, Division has all come together in the name of Unity uh, with the Usos who are captaining this team. They've got uh, Primo and Epico on deck. They've got the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson. And also, they were, they were able to recruit Insanity. And so, there goes uh, three more members along with the New Day. Uh, you know, the Lucha House Party on Team Raw has uh, three members. So, that would have had things at 11 to 10. But I think now we've got uh, 12 people on Team SmackDown. Taking on <laughs> 10 people, <laughs> or excuse me, uh, 11 people, uh, which is uh, 23 people in total. And it's going to be quite the uh, slobber knocker, if you will. I think that it's going to, I think that the characters have all attempted to prove something, and we could see some new uh, rivalries set up and 
who's going to want to catapult themselves to the next level in the tag team division. We could see a reshaking up of the tag division soon just based off of this match. So let's not take anything away from it. These are all uh, fairly top-level talents. I would, uh, again, well, I'm not going to predict anything. But we'll go into the discussion uh, another time before the show. World Wrestling Entertainment, World Heavyweight Championship title bout. Shouts to Greg Hamilton, our ring announcer. Uh, shouts to Lil Nate, the referee. Thank you, uh, WWE, for giving us a impromptu championship match on SmackDown again in recent time. It's very rare that it happens, and it's definitely something that I know the fans enjoyed. Daniel Bryan is our new world heavyweight champion by hook or by crook. He doesn't care how he did it. He wanted to make it happen by any means. And he did just that. There's no argument. There's no real excuse. He looks like he did everything he could and couldn't put AJ down. So had to go to the low blow. We're going to see what Danny Bryan has to say for himself in the coming weeks, especially next week on SmackDown Live on the new, excuse me, on the USA Network. But all in all, it's going to be interesting to see what takes place between himself and Brock Lesnar, champion versus champion, this Sunday at Survivor Series, streaming live on the WWE Network. I think I'll go more in-depth during the discussion piece later on this week. Till then, y'all be easy. Thank you for listening. And I will catch y'all next time. It's Blake, broadcasting from the shadows.